Thanks for listening to Brokerage Insider. This week's episode was recorded live during the Explode Virtual Conference on Thursday, September 24th. We look forward to returning to our regular scheduled program soon, but until then, enjoy this session. In this episode, our VP of Product, Katie Ragusa, interviews Brenda Tusshouse, the CEO of the most productive large brokerage in the United States, Remax Results. Welcome. Hi, Brenda. So um, for the whole group, just a little bit of background on Brenda and what we're going to be talking about today. Um, She is the CEO of Minnesota-based Remax Results. They have 42 offices and over 1,200 agents throughout Minnesota and Western Wisconsin. She became the CEO of the company in 2018 and has been in real estate for 24 years. So she's got a huge background. Um, Based on the 2020 Real Trends 500 report, Remax Results is the country's largest Remax franchise and the 13th largest brokerage for total transactions. So um, lots of big stats there. Hopefully I got everything right, Brenda. Anything I missed or you wanna have? sounds about right, yep. Okay, (laughs) quite a a profile. So um, you represent a major company. So what we're gonna talk about today um, is getting into growing a company, recruiting good people, um, and not just bringing them on, but keeping them around. So thanks for being with us today and sharing what you know. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great, so um, let's kind of go backwards in time a little bit. And you guys are 42, 40 plus, 42 offices now. You joined yeah, the just, company. Yeah, yeah. We, just, we just grew to about 42. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk more about that from 41 to 42. But um, so when you started with the company, it was three offices, I think. So looking back, what are the foundational pieces that makes Remax Results who you are that have stayed the course through all of those years? Um, so we, yeah, when I started, I've been at the company now 19 years. We had 150 agents or so and three offices. And um, I've obviously held a variety of roles um, through the years. And I was just looking at our our stats just recently. And um, in the last 19 years, we've done 15 acquisitions. Um, So that's been a part, a major part of our growth. Um, Obviously recruiting is just as important, but the acquisitions, that chunky growth, um, that that helps as well. uh so as far as uh, i will tell you one thing that i discovered when i was looking at some of this recently is most of the acquisitions we had one big one um when i was about two three years into the role that doubled the size of the broker brokerage it brought on about 300 associates but since then our acquisitions have been really small chunky growth um they've been anywhere from 20 to 50 associates that we that we add each time so it's very small um small acquisitions Um, and is that more intentional like what would your advice be to those who want to get big fast and double in size triple in size really it well it depends on what you can afford (laughs) so so it you know it just depends on you know what uh what you're looking to acquire and how much you can pay and um so the the small the smaller ones through the years have worked for us. We did have a year, um, it was, I think it was 2017 where we added, we did about six or seven acquisitions that year. 
and those were a bunch of small ones. Um, then we did one in 2018, 2019, we had to just kind of catch our breath. Um, and now we're back in 2020 in full on growth mode again. So, right. Yeah. So um, yet another broker and market that's booming in, in these mm -hmm. times. So um, that's really great to see and inspiring. So um, you just had the 15th acquisition, literally just, was it earlier this week or last week? Um, <laughs> so off of that, um, what was that like? Can you tell us more about that process? Yeah, so that uh, we acquired another Remax franchise. Uh, it was Remax first choice in the La Crosse, Wisconsin market. They have three offices and 32 associates that we acquired uh, with that recent um, transaction. And um, and I'll tell you one thing, and we announced this when we did the, the all company meeting and we did the, 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 the acquisition on Tuesday, is we told everyone in the room, they are the highest per agent productivity um, acquisition we've ever done. They average about 35 sides per agent. So wow. it was small, but very, very productive um, company. And, you know, Katie, you know, you know, our history and that yeah. productivity number is really important to us. So that just helps make us, you know, I, I mean, we're, 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 we're known for that. Now, you know, we, we just added an acquisition that, that improved upon that. So um, it went well, the, the meeting, um, it's always a surprise to everyone in the room. And, but, you know, we've done the, this, uh, the dog and pony show, I guess you could call it so many times that um, we're, those of us on my team um, are pretty comfortable with it. And, and you know, there, there, nobody got up and walked out of the room in tears and, and there were some applauds and, you know, they were happy that, you know, they, they know us and, and they knew that their former broker owners um, uh, were looking to retire in coming years. And, and so everyone, it was, we were really welcomed in. And I'll tell you the other thing is we kept on the staff, we kept on the broker owners, and that's really important um, in every acquisition is that we, we don't change a lot. We don't change economics, we don't change um, traditions or, or office culture or whatever is important. Um, and we, we always try to keep on those, um, those former broker owners in some sort of a capacity. In this case, there's uh, one of them staying on as a managing broker for us. So. Mm -hmm. So they built trust with that company and you're not going to shake everything up and correct, correct. You recruited them or acquired them for a reason. They had something good going. So yep. everybody let that 35 sides per agent sink in. Um, so that brings me to the question of you can't do that part time. So tell me about um, whether it's an acquisition or recruiting a specific person and sales executive. Um, what kind of time are they putting into their real estate career for you to even consider that? Well, definitely full time. <laughs> um, you know, you know, we always say we don't we don't hire part time, we don't hire part time sales executives. Um, now, I will have a few Remax results associates that come to me and say I only work you know X number of hours a week, yet somehow they're still killing it um, in, in real estate sales. But but we don't. Um, when you come to work at Remax Results, you don't have another job, full time or part time job. You, you come to work at our company and you are a full-time real estate agent. That's really important. Um, and we do have um, expe minimum expectations as far as our sales executives' performance. Mm -hmm. um, do people fall below those minimum, minimum expectations? Of course they do. Um, do we fire them if they fall below those 
not typically. Uh, we work with them and get, get them into coaching or accountability groups. We're never going to say, hey, it's time for you to move on if we don't see them trying. We don't see them working to get their production up. So, And I would imagine that those metrics aren't secret that you're just standing by and watching them like they're recruited for a reason they were an a player top producer um they know what they're expected to to come in and do right yeah and and it's it, it, it's funny um you know we have several uh people at the company that do our recruiting um and and sometimes they do encounter conversations when they're talking to sales executives at other brokerages um there's that perception like well Am I good enough to, to join Remax Results? I, I, I secretly I love that, but you know I also don't want people to to think like, well, I could never go work there because I don't sell enough real estate. Right. Um, really, it's it's we have to prove to them like, you know, you come work for Remax Results and you will sell more real estate, mm -hmm. and we'll show you how. So. And just that environment of being around other people with the same philosophy. It's not like you're carrying the brokerage for sales volume and all the rankings that you get. Everybody's contributing towards that goal. So, I mean, as an agent, I, I can only imagine what that's like to work in that environment. Mm -hmm. So um, you've got a lot of acquisitions under your belt, um, a lot of recruiting going on. You guys are a large brokerage. So um, how do you manage this? Who on your staff handles recruiting? Who handles and sources acquisitions? Um, can you describe those different pieces and, and who's managing what? Yeah, so um, our executive team at Remax uh, Results is, it's myself, I have a COO, a CFO, and a general manager. That's the four of us. And then the general manager uh, oversees a team of six regional managers or managing brokers. And the regional managers or managing brokers then are the ones that oversee three to four offices in their wing, depending on how many agents are in those offices. And it's the managing brokers slash regional managers. We have two different titles um, that are the ones that are responsible for, well, all of us are responsible for retention, um, but recruiting and retention, and of course, sales file transactional support. Um, so a typical regional manager, let's say they have three or four offices um, as their uh, territory, they might have three or four offices and anywhere from 150 to 250 agents. Mm -hmm. And 80% of their time is expected to be spent on recruiting and retention, kind of split 50-50. So 40% of their time recruiting, 40% retention, relationships, customer service. Um, so that 80% on that and then 20% on just general support, sales support, answering questions, helping with transactions, coaching, training, that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. So um, you've yeah. got a great team um, that you trust and everybody knows their role. Um, so a lot of this, you said 40%, so out of 80% of their time, about 40, 40, uh, half and half recruiting retention. Um, mm -hmm. is, it, is one harder than the other? Well, recruiting is really hard. It's really hard. And, it, you know, I used to be... Um, I don't know how many years ago, but I was once director of recruiting at Remax Results, and um, in a in in a really good year for me, I recruited about 40, 45 agents. 
Um, that's really hard. We like to see our regional managers um, recruit about 24 or more. That's kind of a goal we say. If you can recruit two people a month, um, sometimes it's more than that, sometimes it's less. Um, but recruiting is hard and it's getting harder. It's getting harder, I would say, within the last well, probably within the last three years, just the, there's just always new competition, new business models, um, and retention is just as hard. So you have to, it, it's difficult. Invest the time both places. It sounds yeah. like that number 24 to a month might be like your sweet spot, your number, because I think that's mm -hmm. also where your typical agent falls in transaction size, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Easy metrics to remember. <laughs> so, um, and that's how you guys keep these rankings is everybody uh, has those metrics in mind. You're hitting those monthly. So, you know, are you behind? Are you on track? Are you ahead? Um, so you mentioned you're not going to fire somebody if they're a little bit behind, you're going to coach them up and intervene. So um, when do you intervene? Like, what is that time? Is it after the year closes and you're looking back on their previous year? Is it midway through? We, we, you know, it's, I wish I would, I wish, honestly, I could say that we had like this, you know, end of quarter review. We try to do these quarterly reviews of production. Um, it doesn't happen calendar quarter. It's, it's not an exact science, um, but we do uh, pull, you know, reports for, we do the, we meaning um, executive team and people in like our sales accounting department pull reports and produce those for the regional managers. We actually don't make the regional managers do that. Although most regional managers already have a pulse on who in their offices is, you know, might be struggling. But we pull those reports and we say, hey, hey you've got, there's a couple people here that it looks like their performance is down um, in the last 12 months or in the last, you know, um, X amount of time. So, you know, work with them, reach out to them, see what you can do to help them. And um, so, yeah. And, you know, again, it's, there's so many factors that go into it. There's so many, you know, 2020 alone has just been a crazy year, you know, so, um, you know, that was, that's one thing, but, you know, you never know what's going on in someone's life. So um, they, they, they're, they're sensitive when they approach. And, um, you know, sometimes we offer to put them into a, a coaching program and we're pretty coach neutral. We like all coaching programs. Um, some, and, and we'll, we'll do that on our dime. We'll even offer to pay for it because let's say we have someone that's worked for us for 10, 15 years and they've been a solid producer for years, but they're just having an off year for whatever reason. Um, we just, we reinvest in them. Um, so we, we do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, <laughs> did that answer the question? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I think um, just hearing firsthand, like how you're managing all of this and keeping everybody on track. And I know you personally, um, have FaceTime or, or maybe Zoom time these days. I don't know. Um, with many of your recruits and agents and, um, office visits and you're all over the place. So with 1200 people and growing, um, how do you manage that time and, and keep everybody feeling connected? Well, I do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to you from my desk in Eden Prairie. That's our headquarters. And I'm lucky if I'm here once a week. Um, I, I'm everywhere. I work from all of our offices. 
uh, as far as our outer markets, so we've got three offices in the Duluth Superior Market, and we've got two down in Rochester Austin Market. Now we've got La Crosse Market, St. Cloud, and and so besides all the offices that are here in the Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the Twin Cities area, I try to get to the other markets once a month, um, and I'm pretty good at it. Uh, so I, whether I have appointments with sales executives or whether I just go and I spend a couple days in the Duluth Superior Market and I just make my way through the three offices. I'll camp out in a conference room. I'll walk around the offices. I talk to everyone. I know them all, you know. Um, when someone new joins the company, I, I reach out with a private, with just a personal bomb bomb, welcoming them, introducing myself. It's not pre-recorded. I do a custom video. Sometimes I'm doing a lot of videos <laughs> and just say, hey, you know, welcome aboard. I, I circle in with their regional manager before I reach out to them and I ask some questions, like if there's anything I need to know about them. And I might mention that on a video just to say, hey, you know, I heard you joined this team or, uh, you know, I heard something unique about you. And so I try to connect with them in that video and I generally get responses. And um, so I'm creating connections that way. But um, I, 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 I used to say, I mean, years ago, I would say I, I knew 90% of our agents, but that's because I was I was once director of IT and then I was director of recruiting. I've held so many roles that I've worked so closely with all of, all of our agents. I know it's kind of a weird combination. <laughs> um, and now that I'm in uh, the CEO role as I have been for a couple of years, it's a little bit harder uh, to connect. Um, and I feel like fewer reach out to me because- Are they scared of you? The CEO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super approachable, but you know, they feel like I'm, you know, when I give out my cell phone number at a company meeting, they're like, what are you nuts? You know, so, <laughs> but uh, you know, people don't abuse that. They, they respect your time, so. Got it, yeah. Um, and I think that culture or that precedent that you're setting of FaceTime and personalization and study up on the person, get to know them, send them a custom bomb bomb uh, message that probably shines through to your agents and their communication with their customers because they're getting it straight from the top, right? So um, what about, you have a lot of long-term sales executives that have been with your company and you have a lot of staff that's been around for a while too, including yourself. Um, so how do you keep good people once you find them? Well, um, as far as staff goes, uh, you know, that's one of the things at this recent acquisition, for example, we have a lot of our key employees that will travel down and they'll all attend the this all company meeting where we announce um, the acquisition and we go around the room and we introduce ourselves and we say what we do and how long we've been at the company and everyone is always like, wow, you know, 11 years, 17 years, 22 years, you know. Um, so we just, you know, we, I think we hire right, first of all, we hire um, happy people, you know, we hire team players. Um, we, we look for that, um, kind of that, if it makes sense, that customer service mentality. Have you ever been at a restaurant and you get a waiter or waitress that's just like 
amazing and you want to hire them. Chick-fil-A employee. It changed my life. What is with Chick-fil-A? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you know, so we, so we hire um, people that just get it, you know, you know, the difference, you know, when there's someone who's negative, that just doesn't get that customer service mentality. So I'm here to collect a paycheck rather than care about you. And so those people are generally also just happier people, you know, um, all we, we also run, uh, we allow our employees have just autonomy in their roles. They know what their job duty is, but they, they have just freedom to just do their job and we leave them alone. We don't micromanage. Um, so not a lot of approvals needed. You trust their judgment because you picked them for a reason. Yeah. Taking away that barrier um, and allowing people to, to just shine um, can really help. And for the customer or the agent on the other side of that, who's waiting for that approval, it makes a big difference to them too. You know, we've had uh, staff and sales executives who have left the company and a large majority of them returned. <laughs> so, you know, um, wow. especially when it comes to sales executives, if a sales executive leaves we make it as as peaceful as an exit as we possibly can of course we don't want them to leave but we never want to burn any bridges because a lot of times i'm talking within six to 12 months they come back um and sometimes grass isn't always greener so they just need to realize that you know on their own so and that is a less comfortable part to talk about running a business is people leaving so how do you keep that relationship from souring do you hand them their data like what is it about you guys that makes that easy or um, painless? <laughs> pain, um, for no. pain you know how do we make uh painless if they leave yeah well we don't you know we don't um if someone's leaving we don't hold we don't hold on to their listings um we let them you know technically the listings belong to the broker but we don't you know they, they have those those files because those customers want to work with them. Um, and so we don't, we, we allow them to cancel listings and take listings with them. That, that sort of a thing has always been a policy of ours. Um, if they had any pending transactions, we honor whatever they would have been paid. Um, we let them um, uh, attend the closing still if they want to attend the closing. Now, not a lot of people leave results, so I don't want to sit here and talk about, you know, <laughs> But I think knowing how you handle that kind of helps with recruiting too, because everybody in their mind, you're trusting a new relationship and a new endeavor and, and you have a lot of faith in, but, but not uh, built rapport yet maybe, or, or you haven't lived it firsthand. So knowing how you handle that, even if they never leave, it, it just shows who you are as a company. So earlier you said you recruit team players and, um, no pun intended, but you also recruit teams, or at least you have a lot of them. So how many teams do you guys have right now? So we have, um, I had to look it up because you had, you were guessing at the number. It's, um, we, we have, like, it was around 150 teams. We do an analysis like every six months. And, and this is interesting. I'll share with you. Um, just the analysis is how many teams, how many of our associates at our company are considered team members versus non-team members? And uh, what percentage of our business comes from teams? Mm-hmm. Um, how many teams have we added in the last year versus the year before and the year before and the year before? How many teams have been, you know, so we track all of that. Um, just because teams, 
didn't exist 10 years ago, you know, and so now, so I've been keeping, keeping track of all this. So um, about 150 or so teams, but then I look at like true teams um, and what I mean by true teams, and I don't know if there's any science to this, I just say, how many of those teams are three or more people? Just because we have so many husband and wife teams or, you know, father, daughter, or things like, you know, two person teams. So if I back out the two person teams, then we're closer to about 75 that are three person or more teams. Wow. Um, is yeah. a lot. And Rob Hahn, right before your session, he ended with the, the fact that he thinks teams are the biggest threat to a brokerage. And you're thriving with a lot of teams. So um, what's, how does that work for you guys? Well, you know, I, I, I mean, there's some truth to what Rob has to say. I mean, hence why I, you know, I, I'm, I track the teams. Now, you know, there are, we've seen other brokerages that did, did not adopt a teams fast enough in our marketplace. Um, we had to be very team friendly and offer team economics uh, to allow to allow growth and to allow our, pe our people to build teams. That was one of the first questions from a gentleman I, I met in our new lacrosse market. They right away started asking about how does results handle teams because I wanna become the next, you know, whoever. Um, and so, um, but I, I'll tell you though, um, you know, the teams, we, we have a, a handful of like the mega teams. Those are teams that are maybe 30 or more agents. They are running their own little brokerage within our brokerage. Um, they all work with coaches that tell them how to squeeze every dime out of their broker. And, you know, and so, <laughs> you know, that happens. How is it being the broker? <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Um, but, you know, I also, you know, these are, they're amazing people too. These, you know, these teams that I work with, they're, they're, they're great, great um, minds, business people that we work with. But I'll tell you, as far as um, on tracking the teams, we've, our, our business from teams has been slightly declining. Our growth of teams has been declining. Um, so it's ever so slightly. So I don't know if that's a trend because for a while it was like, you gotta build a team, you gotta build a team, you gotta build a team. And now suddenly the teams are kind of dying down. I don't know if it's because, I mean, you could speculate all day long, but you know, there's, um, I'm, you're, you're always hearing about lead sources that are drying up. A lot of these teams have a model where they're buying and feeding leads to their uh, team members for a hefty split, but these lead, lead sources keep changing or drying up on them and it's making it more difficult for them to run that model. So I don't know if that's it, but, um, but it's, we're, we're just seeing that kind of, that pace is slowing down now. Interesting. Mm -hmm. How do you, uh, you called them like many companies. I mean, you, you've got these mega teams and you've got some smaller teams too, but how do you keep them all brand compliant? I know <laughs> this comes up occasionally. Um, and in line with who Remax results is not trying to go push the boundary too much. Cause you know, you let them co-brand, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there, there, we, there was, um, we had one team that comes to mind within the last couple of years that was not brand compliant that we had, we asked them to leave. They had to leave because they were not only violating our rules, but violating Remax franchise rules. <laughs> um, so for the most part, um, we've, we've got our own marketing team at Remax results. 
uh, three uh, amazing individuals that are at the disposal of our sales executives. And um, they, they, a lot of our teams and the, their branding um, and their marketing that you see has been done by, by us. So we know that it's compliant, we know, you know, the safer way to let them give them some leeway if it's done in house, you know, your own marketing staff's not going to push it too far because you do um, allow them color personalization of their sites and they can add a second logo and things that yeah. a lot of that scares a lot of brokers of what could they do with it. So managing it in house is a way that they could still control it, but give a little leeway. Yeah. And, you know, we like to um, they are their own brand too, you know, so um, they are their own brand with the power of Remax behind them. That's kind of the way I see it. So did you recruit teams specifically or were the sales executives there and the concept of teams started and it just kind of happened? You know, it's a, it's a, a mix. I'm trying to think of, it's a mix. We recruit we recruit teams as just as often, just as many as non-team as independent um, sales executives. But uh, there's a lot of people that we recruit that come to the company and just say, I'm, I'm coming to results because I want to build a team. Mm -hmm. um, so the recruiting then takes on two different forms, right? You're recruiting the teams and the sales executives, and then you have some of the teams doing their own recruiting of team members, right? Oh, yes. Yes. So um, how does that work and how are those stats, expectations, anything about it different than the sales executives that you recruit directly? Oh, that's a great, I'm glad you asked. That's a fun one. <laughs> um, so <laughs> because, you know, we have our kind of our standards. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So one of the things. Maybe we we'll have... ask again at the happy hour later. <laughs> I'll give you a totally different answer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, I would say that we we never used to hire newly licensed agents, for example. That changed years ago, um, and we just we didn't have the model for it. It was just very you know very very different. But now we hire newly licensed sales executives, but it's generally it's the teams that are hiring them. Our regional managers, our recruiters are not out there recruiting people fresh out of real estate school. Uh, it's teams that want them. Are they then responsible for bringing them up to standard? Somewhat, yeah, okay. they are, they are. So we've, we have a new, uh, we call it results ready uh, training program that's geared specifically to the newly licensed uh, sales executives that join our company and they're required to take it. So as well we've rewritten our independent contractor agreements for team members that that addresses that minimum expectations of um, sales performance is you know again sometimes it scares people sometimes people go well what if i don't sell you know 10 homes in my first year in the business it's a standard it's a benchmark we don't hold them to that but um but things like that we've had to do because because of teams. We've had some teams that are really good at uh, recruiting and growing amazing people and keep those high standards of productivity. And then some teams not so good. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
at that. Well, so. It obviously has to pay off enough times for you to continue to allow new sales executive. That's a big uh, policy shift that, that you didn't always embrace. So, all right. So uh, we've talked a lot about um, how you guys recruit, um, but you actually host a podcast where you interview your own top producers. So not only can everybody hear it from you, but they can hear it directly from your sales executives and maybe some teams too um, on that podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about where people can find you in that podcast? Um, it's called the results driven podcast. And, um, I know you're going to ask me to name all the different platforms. I, it's pretty much everywhere. All the, all the podcast places. <laughs> it's all the podcast places. Uh, we do have a website. It's called results driven feedback.com, uh, where we send listeners to, if they want to us to cover certain topics or feature certain sales executives. But if you go to results driven feedback.com, then you can find the link to the podcast. Perfect. So um, any final advice for brokers who might be sitting here struggling with recruiting? Any nuggets that you can leave them with of if they had to pick one thing to do next, what should they do? Um, one nugget. Um, or something they should start making time for. <laughs> I know you stumped me on that one. Um, I there's, say, there's so many things. Maybe. I, there's so I know there's so. Brenda's book will be coming out <laughs> later. You know, after 2020, I really, really could write a book. <laughs> I think all of us could. Um, so I would just say, um, it, you know, in, invest in your sales executives. Invest in them, and don't just. Um, don't just make it talk, just invest in them. And, and I mean, time, money, you know, training here and, and it will, you'll be rewarded. Um, it's, we, we spend so much on our technology, our marketing, our facilities, our buildings are amazing, our staff. Um, we invest in our sales executives. Our sales executives are the cust are our customer and just, you know, take a look at what you're doing and, and, and really ask yourself, um, you know, would, is this where, is this, is my company a company that, you know, someone can come and grow and am I giving them all that I can? You just gotta, you know, make them number one. We're learning so many lessons today about just being authentic and committing to that, whatever your story is or whatever you provide, just stick with it and continue to do so. It's not just about recruiting and getting them on board. So um, Brenda, thank you for all of your insights today and your time with us. Um, this was great. And uh, you guys can find Remax results at results.net. They've got a great join us page. If any of you guys are thinking about boosting your uh, recruiting efforts, even online um, with capturing not just consumer leads, but potential sales executives and realtors too. So um, thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later.